Welcome, Welcome to, to Probing Deeper for November 2022, where we are covering the brand new documentary excursion called The Moment of Contact. See, see. James Fox. Lots of almost literal porn doctors in this. This, yeah, this, <laughs> this was not was what I expected at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I, it, this, yeah, <laughs> there. I have a lot of thoughts. I actually, you know, the some of the like probing deeper a lot of times, especially if it's just like a you know an earnest movie or something. Mm-hmm. I don't really take notes too much, so it's kind of a nice little break where I'm like, oh, I can just sit and you know remember it. But I was compelled to take some notes on my phone mm-hmm. because this is. It got the it got the old like uh yeah like you were saying the old ancient aliens kind of annoyance at you know but wait you're contradict what what like you know stuff like not that there's a lot of contradiction here but just the yeah. um, the douche factor the porn doctor factor is right right like the content and the subject is amazing mm-hmm. but then the person delivering it aka the main host is yes. then where it gets thrown off well I mean he's so busy. So it's James Fox, and he's so busy. He's got too many great roles in his head. He's got Electro in his head. He's got uh, Ray Charles in his head. And so he's trying to come up with these improv lines with the interviews and trying to make jokes and things like that. And it just gets all muddled, you know? So. Right. While his interpreter slash assistant is also a porn star. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I was dying because... Like it's one of those those movies slash documentaries, whatever, that starts off with like a film by James Fox, directed by right. James Fox, produced executive and- producer James Fox, and <laughs> and Sarah was the one that's like, oh, Oscar award winner James Fox, because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that at that point. Well, the screen like, name is James Fox, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and yes, his interpreter. Who I guarantee he is railing uh, on the at the various at the var, at the far too small hotel room uh, <laughs> uh, that they try to record in. Uh, yes, she is enamored with him. Clearly, I mean, she could just be paying attention because I think she's more than an interpreter. I think she's like also a fan oh, investigator yes, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> she's more than my interpreter. <laughs> she's my bimbo fuckhole. <laughs> <laughs> She was wearing in like kind of the third act, uh, the third day or so they were there. She's wearing almost like a Star Trek, uh, like as if she got like a sexy Star Trek lieutenant uh, Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. It was like the the blue jumpsuit, but it had like a, a V, like the blue went to a V on the top. You know, and it, so it kind of had right. that like uh, the basics with the solid. Like the psych- it wasn't the yeah. psychic. Well, the psychic gal on Next Generation started off with that sky blue and then became dark maroon, right? Uh, like I think so. Yeah, she'd kind of bounce around, but yeah, I can't remember the reasons or if oh, there yeah, was she any. Did. <laughs> uh, she was like the Greek one or something? Uh, she could have been, yeah. And then her and Riker had a thing. And then right. her mom was always like horned up trying to get with Picard and everyone. That's so. right. Because she was technically an empath, not yes. as much a mind reader. I right, think. Right, right. <laughs> I think the as it, it is funny because the shout out to the Soy Trek Instagram account because even no. though I'm not as big of a trekker as you, I watched enough <laughs> to like. They do a good job of like they do some very deep cuts too, but like they also <laughs> they also just use. 
like kind of like the Frolf Jerry account, right? right. Which is also great. like it's like <laughs> as long as you kind of know the premise or know who these alien races are, or some of the characters are, you're you're pretty good at like getting all the jokes because uh, they they had that one today that was like the fucking whatever come anal like the, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. That thing was, the Ferengis was, like I like had nothing the... to do with Star Trek but it was the Ferengi guy <laughs> well I think that's one of their rules or something um, is the FCA like it that's some sort of federation thing but then it it does stand on its own got it there we go so the perfect it's like the it's like the 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 perfect Looney Tunes or some kids cartoon where there are jokes slipped in for the adults but a lot of you know the kid can just enjoy you know, eighty percent of right, it, right. a part of know, it. Yeah. So, all the, yeah, we, slapstick yeah. and now uh, that now that you say that, it's like, should I start a Star Trek disc golf style page of Frost? Oh, there you Jerry? go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't think there is one. It would. No, it could well, be. <laughs> I would be shocked if there's anything beyond Frost Jerry. Because Frost Jerry just rips off. There's like the, again all the fake Jerry Seinfeld stuff. So they just took that and went with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. No, I was saying yeah, I'm, which I'm is pretty fine. sure there isn't one. Yeah, yeah no, right. that's so what I was laughing. Gonna... I'm like, that would be so insane if there was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there's already a few Star Trek discs. Both... Yeah. <laughs> We'd also probably both already have seen a ton exactly. of Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's, okay. yeah. So, <laughs> it's a very tight little algorithm sphere there. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, isn't there something, is there something called Federation Disc Golf? Is that a company already? Uh, there's well, there's right. Foundation. Um, I that don't foundation know. is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, or it could be something with the Prime Directive, or I don't well, know and just or even just Star uh, Trek, like Prime Directive or... GA, the Prime <laughs> Directive Golf Association, the PGA, right, right. but spell it out. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, the this I told uh, my wife that the like you were saying, the main like you know incident that happened in 1996 in. Uh, as we hear literally probably a thousand times, Virginia, Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here, dear really the Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is interesting, and it's, and it's a cool climate. story. It, yeah. <laughs> but literally, this entire thing could have been told in one, like, eight-minute between commercial segment of the Ancient Aliens show. Like, it's so... It's it's so fucking bloated. Well, and yeah, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. It, well, it's an hour and forty seven minutes. Is all I was going to say, and I'll right. I'll continue my thoughts as to obviously why. But it's it's an it's almost a two hour movie that also has nine post credit or mid and post credit scenes in it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like it was insane. Like it's so up its own ass and so bloated. But again, this guy, James Fox, is the guy, you know, up. It's like looks like a fucking real estate agent that decided he wanted to be a ufologist, you know, and a journalist or some bullshit. But anyway, sorry, what were you yeah. going to say? Well, no, I was going to say, I mean, I think what they were doing is fine. But yeah, it could have been more like a 45 minute special or an hour. Yes, it could, uh, an hour he, he would have been fine. It's, I, he bounces around, interviews the people, does all the things mm-hmm. enough to where I'm like, OK, that warrant some time but yeah if you you told the story um and didn't have you know the guy crying running around saying this is the place and then they're like no no it's probably over here he's like oh you're you're right this this is the place and then he breaks down crying like <laughs> i forgot that i was gonna cold open after the intro by just saying for literally like three minutes straight just going okay 
aquí, 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 aquí. He literally, I was like, I wanted to fucking throw a brick at my chest. Right, right, right. I was like, yo, Pam, yo, yo, yes. Because, yeah, the the dumb Fox guy was probably like, oh, this is so dramatic. And this this is evidence Mm -hmm. in itself. We need to show all of it. So that way people know how touched this person is. But again, not discrediting what that person experienced, but there could also be that I'm having an emotional thing and people are responding and just subconsciously they just keep going and going and going. Right. Where it's like, I again, maybe something did happen to him and he saw it, but I think it got overplayed because. Just like, you know, Christians, when they're in a church holding snakes, start speaking in yes. tongues. Yes. Because um, they're just feeding off the energy around right. them. But yeah. Right. There's a bunch of, there's a lot of group think. And yeah, the, uh, the uh, swirling, increasing energy of uh, the, you know, dozens of people in the room were like, in this case, look, like as, as a fellow uh, Latin not South American, but Latin American <laughs> as, an, as a half Italian man. Right. No, the Brazilians and Italian, we are a passionate people, right? We, we, we love a lot. We, we eat a lot. We get angry a lot. Like there's a lot of passion there. Right. So, uh, and, but that doesn't, again, like you were saying, it doesn't discredit anything, uh, about the experience. Cause like, I believe that, I mean, something happened. Like I, I believe he saw what he saw because he was fucking like crying and stuff. This guy isn't an actor. <laughs> You know, all of the people in the entire documentary are like this. This has done nothing but really add negativity to my life. And right, that was the only thing I actually kind of appreciated was at the very end when he kind of went down the line of kind of the main people he interviewed, the, some of the main witnesses or the tangential people that knew a witness or were involved in in transporting the alien or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were all saying that. I wish this really didn't happen to me. Right. You know, right. Like I and know the, that this is super important, you know, and, and uh, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say the only suspect thing was that the town then was kind of Roswelling a little where it had like the UFO mm-hmm. building and stuff, but, and people, yes. random people in the town, like, I believe, I believe, but outside of that, yeah, all the direct, which is nice that we're, this happened, you know, in recent times that people are like, let's go actually talk to these people. To your point, yeah, exactly. they're the ones who are like, uh, "I fuck this. I'd rather have never done with dealt with this." Again, assuming they're speaking the truth, and, and, you know. Right. The I I did also like. I mean, the narcissism of James Fox. Like, I love that he even ended like right before the credits. He ends with talking to, um, the the other soldier that was with uh Marco, the guy that like captured the one of the aliens with his bare hands and then got an infection and died a few weeks later so the guy that was like facing away from the camera in the tiny hotel room doorway (laughs) right and it's like he goes he goes you know he's like you have you know kind of my piece in your hands he's like i could i could make a lot of money with the story and like whatever you have but you like because he needs you know he needs james fox to keep his anonymity right? right and he but then he ends with him going but James, like, I need you to keep looking and keep digging into this story. And that was something where I'm like, what? Like, like I can totally see like a former soldier who is literally sworn to secrecy for his government, you know, for the army, I believe it was. And saying like, you know, it's, it's going to kind of be up to people like private citizens like you doing that. So maybe that's what he said. But the subtitles well, were very much like Trump doing the... You know, and these Marines, they would come up to me with tears in their eyes and they would just say, 
thank you, Mr. Trump. You know, big, big guys, big, scary guys, you know, saying, thick thank boys. You. It's like, it just kind of seemed like a weird ego trip to end on. It's, and even if he was sincere, editing in that in at the very end, because he was, he literally was trying to set up a sequel documentary at the end, right. like leave it on almost like a cliffhanger yeah. or something. Yeah. I know? think, I think the editing's the questionable part. I think the guy's probably like, I don't have the energy in me. People think I'm crazy. You need to go out there and keep fighting this fight. But then to your yes. point, I think he, uh, the Fox guy then took that in a, a way and cut it in a way that made him look like he's, you know, some white knight coming in and it's saving a hero. the day. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. but you know, this yeah. guy's just a literal like, and I, figurative I, I white can't man. fucking deal with this, but you need to get it out there. So right. I, you know, can just live my life in peace and know it, you know, I'm not insane or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if there's, uh, any, there's a li- like not as bad as the other time. There's a little bit of cutting out. If there's anything crazy running like Microsoft office or something on your computer, uh yeah, let me just kill everything else while we're talking. Now my this computer not too, it's not like it's thankfully it's not doing the robot shit. It's not like you're not in like right. a, you know, let like me just kill my chrome. How about that? Um yeah, cuz this uh, this computer's nice and I've got warranty so I'm not worried, but it has had like this weird crash once or twice and then I get like this scary mm-hmm. error message when starting it back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you on PC or Mac now? I, this well this is on the Mac. Uh, how, okay, how am I go. sounding though? You're sounding good. I think like there's like a, a one second delay sometimes when I ask a question. And so I wonder if there's a little bit of, yeah. Maybe. Oh, cause I hear you but then delay too, but yeah, let me, yeah, I don't yeah. think anything else is running abnormally. I'm going to shut down we'll my work. If it's, though. if it gets really bad. Yeah. Then, uh, um, but, uh, oh yeah. Wait, more, that's it. But uh, I said that really weird. I didn't pronounce the syllables. Um, but yeah, I the the pacing of this is really bad. Um, and the number one there there are other issues, more subtle issues too. But the number one problem with this documentary is one that this is a, a gross exaggeration of the critique that like you and I have had, where it's like the current kind of like the last ten years trend of the documentarian making him or herself the star of the documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause ultimately this whole thing is like, you see James Fox's face way fucking more than anyone right. else, like exponentially more than anyone else. You also see his crew's faces because it, it drove me nuts. Like almost every location they go to, they, he films and then edits into this thing, like pads it with conversations of, okay, uh, yeah, let's get this hotel room. Let's set up this the interview in the in a hotel room, okay? Right, so we're right. gonna go here, go get a hotel, and then it cuts to the fucking hotel room. Man, this fucking room isn't even big enough for these cameras. Like we gotta get <laughs> right, like, right. okay, I'll go get another room with with two Too beds much, or whatever yeah, inside room. baseball. And I'm like, Why are you showing this? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Again, unless he's trying like to show. World. Yeah, no, I ahead, feel like ahead. he's trying to show how real everything is, but mm-hmm. also beef up his runtime. Yes, because uh, <laughs> I probably I would assume he goes Ooh, long longer times mean good movie, you know exactly. And yeah. and a good editor and director knows how to actually cut things yes. where someone who doesn't is like, no, yeah, just leave that in there. Yes, he's trying to be 
as they say in the industry, gonzo about this, as if he's like some fucking, you know, he's like, it's, he's, he's, they, they set it up in the very beginning. They try to set a tone that what they're doing is going to be met with intimidation and men in black style warnings and things like that, right. where the government said, but it's like the Brazilian, go- as, as we've heard on ancient aliens and other stuff, like the Brazilian government is actually like really open with their UFO. <laughs> right. Uh, encounters like in the moment yeah they show the clips from 96 where the guy's like we can't say anything and yeah, don't i don't cross this, say anything this right bridge now. yeah the one guy who was threatened by the the military he's like i'm mm. gonna i'm gonna cross the barrier they're like if you do we're gonna kill you exactly yeah <laughs> um but even then they talk about how the u.s came down and kind of fucked with everything right and like, so yeah, yeah. we want to talk about stuff but we don't even know what happened Right. Yeah. Which, which that was very weird too. So, so a couple things like the, they start off in the air, like they start off with a little bit of an intro. I was going to say, we haven't done like, yeah, we should do a a little more linear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so they kick off in the airport and And you want to set up what we're even talking about for those who chose not to listen. Yes. So sorry. Uh, so moment, the moment of contact is a 2022 documentary by James Fox uh i couldn't remember that he or this production company did something else we've covered too but i couldn't like imdb is like locks all the information down under like you need imdb pro now like so you can't get like basic shit unless it's a big it's weird so anyway um but um it is about a 1996 ufo and like extraterrestrial encounter incident that took place on like January 20th, 96 in a town called Virginia, uh, Brazil. And it's a city. It is the seventh most, <laughs> it was a fun little, not a town, the seventh, nicest, the, the seventh nicest place, city to live in, in Brazil. I guess they opened no. it up with it's the fountain Valley of Brazil. Yes. Yeah, so there we go. <laughs> a nice place to live. Um, but, uh, uh, they consider it the Brazilian Roswell or more you know, yes. up to date. Cause there's a crash involved. There's, you know, bodies and creatures. Yes. Some are living, some are dead. Um, I couldn't have said it better. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, just, you know, there's people who experience the living ones, people experience the dead ones and yes. everything in between of, you know, this gray area, they show a map, you know, it's in within like what probably s- several city blocks is everything kind of happening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they kind of go to these areas, interview the people physically, you know, or like trying to explore what's going on and yeah. Talk to military people, talk to the citizens. Try, yeah. Trying to get and, basically yeah. every witness, this guy, James Fox, who we don't know anything about, like literally like, and, and, but don't worry, he will be talking into the camera constantly the whole time from minute one. And he has a very close, just wet lip, you know, yes. just that's the, <laughs> the third person, but right into his mouth, yes. talking into the camera. Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very big chin. He has an underbite. Uh, and so when he's wearing occasionally wearing a mask for COVID reasons uh, throughout the documentary, it caves in in such a strange way that I've never seen on a person. So it looks like his mouth is, this is going to sound dumb. It looks like his mouth is just under his nose, but it looks like his mouth starts immediately under his nose. Like there's a weird, like, like the way right. the mask moves, it was like tripping. There's no, yeah, in-between lip. Right. And so, ooh, the in-between lip. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go bit me, I'll taint up a lip. <laughs> 
we have, you know, we're proud to announce that we are at a 50% higher rate of labia minoras. Uh, <laughs> we have a very diverse team. Um, but uh, he is uh, with his camera people in the airport. They're walking through customs. He's kind of introduced. We get like a little bit of text on the screen saying basically what we just said. But then he's in customs and talking and he's all jazzed up and whatever. And I was already getting like my hackles up. I was like, ugh, is this, is this like, you know, if it's like the guy in the Q documentary, which was great, where he was he was in it. He almost he was in it, but almost because it wouldn't make sense in certain spots if he wasn't in it, right. you know. But when he didn't have to be in it, he wasn't. So you're right, right. you're really getting to know the faces and the names of who the documentary is about and not getting to know just him as the documentarian. So uh, immediately they're setting this, this kind of bullshit tone that uh, the government's stopping their investigation because they're walking through fucking customs with like armed security guards and they have a big fucking camera and the guy, and then a security guard is saying like, Hey, put the camera, turn the camera off. You have to turn it off now. You know, and they have this ominous like boom, like fucking music playing and stuff, and and uh, as if again nobody wants them to be there. Right. Um, and they, they do have some witnesses that are that are nervous, but they're all they're nervous to show their faces and stuff. But it's because they're like military people, and right, right. So. Um, but uh, it he he starts off. They show a lot of clips. It is uh, it's also kind of funny because. Not that you should be checking out of this uh, documentary or any of the content we're watching, but you really can't because so like 90% of it is people, people, people speaking uh, Brazilian Portuguese. So you have to read subtitles the whole time, pretty much, or you're not what's you're not uh, right. going to know what's going on. Well, the best is when he gets lost. He's like, what, what's going on? What, yes. what are they talking about? Because they're like people going back and forth super yes. fast in front of me. He's like, ah, uh, what? No, that, no, what? That is what most of the documentary is, is again, yeah. watching his expression, trying to understand something. So like he has to like act like he kind of understands the tone and whatever of what someone's saying. But then he has to have his porn star translator translate for him. And then it's like, okay, well, no, I need you to say that. And it's, it's, it's like, she's his personal assistant and he's like a dickhead, right. Uh, CEO of some company or something, yeah. you know? And so and he was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're in Brazil. We can say the N word down here. Right. So tell him he's a dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Right down here. We don't care. <laughs> right. I mean, you guys have that skin tone. You're much right, more right. beautiful than People, those, yeah. you know, but I mean, well, I mean, you know, I'm not. There's <laughs> <laughs> Chinese too, right? right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a rinse and repeat thing. It's, it's like, they're on their way, they're on their way to the location. It felt like a fucking ghost adventures episode, except he's not right. as compelling as Zach Bacon's. Like <laughs> they're on their way. They're talking in the car. And you know, talking about what's happening and whatever, they get there and then talk about more logistical bullshit. They then have every time have uh the fucking what is it the scene break like the scene clicker thing like that says like you know take one or like right, whatever right. yeah they overdo that yeah it's like what? like like and and uh, and then it's usually talking about how to set up the interview right. <laughs> And sometimes in front of the people, I guess, because he's also doing the kind of racist thing. Like, I oh, doesn't fucking understand me anyway. I'll just, you right, know, right. whatever. <laughs> and, uh, 
and then there's interviews that are way too long. Like they, they end up repeating things and also, Oh, sorry, I forgot the other key step, which is the question that is asked by every single documentarian, because that's the point of documentaries. This fucking guy, James Fox continually just goes, okay, please tell him that I want him to set the scene. Like, I want to feel like I'm there. So please describe it like, like I'm, like, I, like right. I'm there. Yeah, with he's him. directing not like, yeah. Oh my God. Like just cut yourself out of this shit, you know? But, um, well, and then they had the scene early on too, where they're like standing around outside, like, let's just get a gauge for what people, let's just like get yes, in the mix. Yes. <laughs> and they just like have signs again and look like weirdos yeah. on the side of a road. They saying, look like, do you know uh, anything or do you believe or something? Right. And they look yeah. like homeless people, right. you know, ranting with a sandwich board or something. Right. Well, like, it's they, like, of course you have cameras. You're right. American. Like people are going to come up to you and it's like, maybe they have a story. Maybe they don't. Maybe they live in this town. They're like, fuck this. I'm just going to make something up. Like right. <laughs> that was the part I was like, no, this is bad. Don't, don't do this. Yes. And that's, then like you said, it's the very beginning. And I'm like, this is the first thing they're going to do is some fucking like what actually is like a gonzo thing, but it's like, it it adds no value to the documentary. Cause he's trying to say, Oh yeah, the vibe around here is that people live through this crazy thing and they're kind of embracing it. It's like, yeah, you just fucking showed like the four landmarks that are like giant UFO buildings. And you should like every fucking little alien or UFO statue he goes by. He makes sure and adds it into the edit that he's like, Oh, look at that. That's so cool. I'm like, Oh my God. But <laughs> Again, I don't know how I I gotta like research the story. I'm fascinated by this documentary because it is so low qual like low value for how high quality it it tries to look. Like right. but it's also so easy to get a fucking four K camera and you know, like like then it was like ten yeah, and some uh, yeah. Uh, editing software. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I don't know who this guy is. I've never heard of him in the ufology world before. He doesn't seem to be an expert or a journalist, like a seasoned journalist of any kind. He just seems to be a guy who's kind of rich that decided he wanted to do this pet project and like had a friend of a friend. Yeah, that would he's basically David Omen. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's actually a really good. <laughs> I'm rich. I'm kind of probably know people in Hollywood enough to get myself in trouble. Uh, I found some rounds. People shoved up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot night. <laughs> uh, I'm good in the mouth, David. Thank you. <laughs> Can you clean up the cat piss in this yeah. I really thought <laughs> again back to that David Omos. I th- I almost like passed out, and I'm like, there's no way I'm like possessed. It has to be because it's 112 degrees yes. and <laughs> reeks of cat piss in this yes. room, not because I'm. Like ghost spirits, as if the air was humid. It wasn't even humid outside. It was humid inside, seemingly because of the cat piss vapor. Yeah, we had to stand out on that balcony as much (laughs) as we could to start, and then at least we moved to the other levels of the house, and it kind of went away. But it was like it's a fucking again a million degrees and reeks. Jesus Christ! Yeah, like, over here all Trader Joe's and Vaughn's shit. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's in the pre-made, and then, you know, that's, that's not good. these pops are good. I don't care about high fructose. I'm high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Literally eating food like a child eats. Right. Too, I mean, like, yeah, it was like the shittiest catering, <laughs> like, spread, like, thanks. 
And I don't oh. think anyone touched it. Like again, this food is coated in piss. Yeah, exactly. And I think we, I think you and I took the popsicle only because it right. was from the threatened to. <laughs> Any bacteria is killed on this yeah. thing, and so it's safe. Uh, yeah, there was open bowls of chips and like, and well, actually, sorry, he just threw cakes the bags or on the table and, the and stuff. Yeah. And cookies and all that shit, and yeah, um, like a like a uh, like a Sunday dinner at <laughs> my family's house sometimes. But um, it is nice because since I've gotten them into drinking the nice stouts, most of the time we usually just have that as dessert, and that's great. Right. Then you're not eating fucking shitty grocery store baked, you know, goods or something. You know what I mean, like. There's almost honestly like there is there's a few things like that are actually good from a grocery store bakery. And that is occasionally those like you just sent that video the other day where they they crushed up those cake cookies with the frosting. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and like, some nice of those are just loaf house. That's like not even from the bakery. Yeah, exactly. And so but like I think ultimately I think the worst the biggest lie in the grocery store bakery is the donuts like the donuts there. Yeah. Do not taste like they were fried. And then they also don't taste like Entenmann's, which are baked, but at least Entenmann's has like their own flavor. But they 100% do not hit in any realm scratch the, edge. the same of a donut from a donut right. shop. Now their muffins, on the other hand, are delicious. The grocery store muffins? Yeah. That yes, you get the candy, with, you yeah. use the, the little napkin to grab them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the chocolate chocolate, chocolate chip. Uh, usually they're fairly moist and in plentiful yes yeah it's it's weird that like yeah the breakfast bread specifically not breakfast breads not including donuts and muffins are pretty safe bet and that's pretty much it even yeah. even the cakes a lot of time yeah are, no there's like the, down, the fake yeah. frosting and yeah the cake itself is whatever yeah then you go to fucking whole foods and you can't even tell if the goddamn cake's weak and you get into it and it's all hard yeah. and crusty <laughs> um I don't know why we were on the tangent. Sorry. I well, anyways, yeah. Well, it's the David uh, Owen vibe of him just yes. running around again, and clearly out oh, of his element, deciding to make this documentary. I should bring up my notes because it does kind of, they're not copious, but it at least leads to like the different chunks, the different beats. So like, I, I remember in, in the beginning too, that's where I was like, ooh, strike two after like it was strike or sorry, this was strike one. Then strike two was the, the stupid gonzo man on the street thing they were trying to do. Right. Uh, now, very much like Zach Bagans, most of the people they interviewed were attractive young women. It's <laughs> hmm, hmm. funny, like high school or college chicks. But uh, uh, when he's in the car in the beginning, he's giving like kind of a he's barfing out kind of an intro again about being in Virginia and whatever. And then he's like, and, you know, I just want, you know, people to to look at the evidence and just decide for themselves. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, that's what the fucking point of a documentary is supposed to be. But clearly now you're like. You're, he's being like an apologist for how weird alien stuff is. And it's like, well, you don't even know your audience. Like, we wouldn't be watching this if we weren't into ufology right. and the paranormal and whatever, you know. So it, I was just like, oh, boy, this guy is I – hope I, I thought this guy was like the producer that would just be in the background. Like, yeah, I thought yeah. that like maybe the cameraman was the documentary. I don't know. But it was it's a very strange experience. But um uh, uh, um, oh, we're already cutting that. So the first kind of main chunk is finding and meeting with, um, uh, where is his name? Shit. Um, yeah. Cause I can't even remember now that I think about it. Cause I know they get to the girls and then they like track down the military people, but yeah, Carlos the first person. So Carlos D'Souza is the old, 
Pino style man who is uh, he witnessed right. a craft crashing. This is the only part of the story that's kind of on the outskirts of the town, like in the farm. Right. And so they keep showing this clip of him, you know, on the side of the road and by this field and whatever. So James and the crew find him, interview him a little bit, take him on a ride. Um, he he was told to shut up about the whole thing. He did one television interview because the news was all over it. And then uh, was told to shut up. And le- he literally, James Fox says, and wasn't seen again for 26 years. As if he was like put into a gulag or something right. like that. It's like, no, he just didn't do television or didn't talk publicly. Right, right, right. It. He just shut down, backed off. Yeah. Um. Uh, but they they drive him out. This segment is like so it's like fucking 18 minutes by the time we leave this section of like it's like five minutes of driving. And again, just listening to translations happening <laughs> like right, right. Like there are there are literally hundreds of documentaries that have already figured out international storytelling for an American audience. Like they know how to edit it. They know how to cut it. So it just seems like yeah, make it looks like they're talking to you, not you right. listening, right. responding translator go. Okay, translator here, yes. go. Yeah. And clearly he told his camera people to constantly cut back to his back and forth between their faces because all you see is him just reacting to things all the time. Right. So they're out there driving. They take him out to a field. It's not the it's not quite the right field. Um oh <laughs> they have a a very like a thrilling looking guy that's like their main um their main like uh coordinator slash project man. Like he, like he's, he's also Brazilian. So he's, he does some translation as well. Uh, I thought they were going to bring along that psychologist gal from the beginning too. Like that's like one of the first interviews they do, but she's like, it's, it's because this is her dad, I believe is, is, uh, okay. So, but again, point completely pointlessly meet her, like the conversation with her and ultimately the conversation with everyone is that, James wants to get every single witness to just ultimately say the phrase, this really happened. Like, right. That's it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we know. But so we, we all believe they believe it happened. We kind of bought into it. We assume that with this documentary and you'd have to tell us otherwise, like, oh, here's a skeptic that also witnessed it, but doesn't believe it was like, that would be an interesting you know, person to listen to. Right, right? Right. So it's like, He's just trying to get them over and over. And they have no problem saying it. Like, no, it really fucking happened. You know, it was real. And he's he's like, so would you say that the story as follows is is that Marco whatever grabbed and, you know, the actual alien by his bare hands and shipped them into a hospital? Would you say that happened like to like the mayor or something? And he's like, well, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course. I don't know. I I believe all the details because I was there. And I'm like, okay. So he's like doing like a weird hard hitting journalism thing. He's not being adversarial, but he like gets all serious and stuff like that. Yeah, and I just can't, and then I can't take him seriously because again, he's like a fucking dad real estate agent, right? So right, right. Anyway, <laughs> the funny, I was laughing because it gets all very tense when Carlos can't like picture exactly where the crash site was, and then <laughs> eventually the 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 thrilling guy just comes back and goes. Oh, hey, that little house we can't find, it's right over there. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just literally, just look down the road like a yeah. hundred yards. Like, oh, 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 yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like I, I was thinking of the of the of the whole 12 at the La Mirada disc golf course where it was like, oh, you're throwing off. And, and it's as if we thought 
man, it's all there's no more park to look at, you know, for the basket. So there must not be a basket on this hole, just past the crest right. of this little hill, you know. So right. and then once they find the right spot, they show an overhead like satellite shot. And literally like they literally show it, I think, eight times where it just right. says white house here yeah they kept on seeing there's a white house <laughs> field where we are it's just like These white trees house. were not here before <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've grown. <laughs> i was like okay every time they show the the satellite image and point out the white house uh there is no new information added to the map <laughs> right <laughs> they just, they just, they just crash right here you know they didn't have any even Again, at this point, who knows what you could find, but no, like, digging or no. radioactive, you know, <laughs> meters or Geiger counters, whatever, you know. Spot where James said the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay in Brazil. Yeah, in parentheses <laughs> below. <Yeah. laughs> kind of like, yeah, they when you do drugs in a different country where right. it's legal, it's like, no, it's fine. He was in a place where it was allowed. Okay. Uh, and then an asterisk below that, James cannot be canceled for this uh, info. Right, right. <laughs> for this violation of human rights. Um, <laughs> but, but he uh, can't be for the other things he did that are unspeakable yeah. <laughs> while in Brazil. Uh, the only, ultimately when I was watching this, and I like what? Because once they go to the girls after this, and I realized, oh, this is just going to be the pattern. Like, there's really only like four or five main segments of this, and again, it's an hour and forty-seven minutes, so like each one's very long. But what I found interesting, and what James doesn't talk about at all, he's a he seems to be a very flesh and bolts. You know, this is a this is a a metal craft. This is a flesh and blood alien and whatever. Right. So like. The but what what everyone says that was around the alien in any way is that they smelled sulfur and or ammonia. And it was a it was an extremely strong eye watering smell, which is literally that that has been around with um, various different fey folk. That's the classic Christian Jewish demonic encounter thing. Um, and again, all these journalists and, you know, scientists, you know, Jacques Vallée, John Keel, they all like that like the sulfur smell they have whole sections of their books called like stinky stinky paranormal cryptids like things like that right and so uh this it's and and then this the the unique thing was that oh this thing had this alien had um very oily wet slimy skin which i've never really heard from an alien encounter you know so that was kind of interesting and that's that was apparently the source of the smell um and it also like they seem to almost be implying that like oh because it's so hot and humid in Brazil that like the girls were saying like oh we think it was having trouble dealing with the heat and wasn't like feeling like felt like shit and maybe so that's- yeah so there's like this other alien I can't I honestly can't even remember I follow a bunch of them UFO Instagram accounts uh-huh. but they were like I don't know if anyone said this blah 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 but they're like this sounds like an ammonia based creature that is oxidizing. Mm, interesting yes uh, john so, Keel has talked about that shit too yeah 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 so they're like oh is this actually just because he talked about the smell and the slime and then right. obviously the goop gets on the guy directly and kind of fucks everyone up right 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 because they're like yeah once it smells in your nostrils you can't get rid of it for like weeks days. yeah yeah exactly um, yeah the one guy's like three or four days it had entered my nostrils and my mouth yeah so someone was like is this just like a completely different chemically based 
creature that crash right. and now it's oxidizing because it's in this area so right yeah that's super interesting and like on the on the same kind of note uh keel this is back in the 60s like late 60s so they understand you know we still can't prove what portals are right but there was some science in i think the book of the mothman which contains stuff from like the mothman prophecy in a bunch of his books it's kind of a collection but he talks about there's a whole section on you know smelly creatures there's actually a mm-hmm. whole section on just smelly bigfoots because that's a big like smelly hairy man like wild men but uh you are a wild man <laughs> but, uh, come on uh, <laughs> um uh, and hey, Brazil, home of those folks. You know, home of those? <laughs> yeah, home of those folks. Uh, well, one of their homes. They're yes. nomadic people. Also Japan. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They do have the largest Japanese population outside exactly. of Japan. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the largest former Nazi population. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's access to my area. Yeah. <laughs> I'm accusing the whole country. But um, uh, you no, know, there's a whole section where. Um, he, he's like, so I tried to go to like sign, like to explain like what, what could this sulfur smell be? Why is it always this ammonia sulfur smell? Right. And basically they were saying if an electro, again, this is still, this isn't, this is a theoretical Einstein Rosenbridge style portal, like a wormhole kind of thing. They, they basically, they were saying that, uh, if it happened the way like Einstein said it could happen, like where, you know, space time would fold, but like having enough energy to rip through like that, like whatever that energy source would be, would cause the air, the molecules in the air to be modified and, and become basically like sulfur and ammo- like it would have a reaction, right. a chemical reaction in the air of exactly like same kind of thing you're talking about. Right. But it's like, this is like a more electrochemical process that would change things. And because uh, they're like, yeah, if you, if you had to have X amount of energy, like Einstein thought, you know, some electricity or gravity well or whatever the fuck it is, it would cause the oxygen and nitrogen molecules in the air to like fucking literally change into like sulfur vapors or something like that. So, um, so super, super weird thing. Again, we'll get to it too. But like the confusion about what seems like various crafts that were seen by different people. And also different, subtly different forms of the two different aliens, too. So, um, anyway, yeah, I wrote, what is this fucking M- M- MTV behind the scenes shit? Every fucking thing. Also, they get, so when they're, when they talk to the, the, the three girls that were young, like teenage girls that were in a field behind a gymnasium, they were walking through this field. And this is where they see this, like very golem like they have a, a a classic drawing of it which is cool like and it has red eyes very like mothman style it looks it kind of looks like a, a mix between a gray and golem from lord of the rings so like really big eyes but very gaunt little body but then it has like three bumpy um like proto horns or something on its head because even like some of the the big displays like the whole that restaurant that had the alien on the outside had literally or on the it was on like a street corner like a statue had the three bumps and they never once talked about the bumps at all that's like right. they, they leave so much on the table here where it's just like well yeah it's an alien whatever but, you know like like okay but um they encounter they're walking through it's like cowering in the shade of this big wall and they're only like 8 feet away or whatever uh but when they're going <laughs> I didn't understand what the fuck he was trying to say. He's like, because again, they're showing this behind the scenes lead up to 
like, oh yeah, we actually have clearance to get into this yard where the girls actually witness the the um, uh, alien body uh, and oh sorry the the, the live alien before it was right, captured. Tiny, yeah, yeah, we were actually given a universal key. Well, yes. I'm like, what the? And then they just whack the fuck. They bolt cut That's the, the joke. camera yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. I'm like. Oh, it was a joke, but like the way he's yeah. building, I'm like, oh my fucking god! He's like, yeah, we got the uh, universal key here, which basically means <laughs> we don't have rights to do shit. Yeah. Nobody cares about anything here, so we're just gonna on camera, yes, exactly, break into this area, <laughs> and no one's gonna do shit. And and apparently, film for hours because they have the girls there now as adults. They have their mom yeah. come yeah. over. They, they, like, there's an outfit change, so they go back, I guess, the next day or later in the day or something. So I'm like, what the Throughout fuck? The days, yeah. Um, the, so when the mom, um, shows up though, it was interesting because she witnessed, um, the thing was, was, had gone by that point, but she was the one that discovered a footprint, like very clear footprint. And guess how many toes that thing had? It was a three toed alien. Little hellier. Yes. Very, very Kentucky goblins, very hellier style. Right. And three toes are very common again in Celtic fey folk and, and Germanic um, Germanic Nordic uh, mythical creatures and stuff. Right. So really interesting that there's that near. And again, it's, it's like, it's also a very late time in the zeitgeist to have the three toed thing happen. I mean, I guess it's not because it's in hellier and stuff too, but like the three toed thing was very prevalent post-world war two. And then it kind of went away as, as after like the, late 70s and the grays nobody talks about the grays feet at all whether they have toes or don't right. nobody even mentions feet but then now there's this weird little you know side or maybe the zeitgeist in brazil maybe it was a little more old school with their ufo or alien sightings and things too right it changes culture to culture so which also points to how maybe it's not exactly like we think it is and that it's just a race of aliens from somewhere so uh they've also for a while been showing Pretty cool, pretty cool videos of 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 these light anomaly slash craft and photos. So they have they have some photos that clearly look like metallic craft, like over the ocean and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then like in the 90s, they have camcorder shots of a really gnarly one of this this very small looking light anomaly floating down, kind of erratically floating around, but seems to just be checking things out. And then it floats over a neighborhood very casually again. And I'm like, that is a super gnarly, I've never seen that one before, super gnarly video, but that doesn't look like a craft. And then the other lady, there was there was another lady they briefly talk about that had a sighting in the 60s, and it like landed and burned her, um, a little part of her backyard or something. Mm-hmm. She said it was only the size of a dinner plate, like it was a very small little craft, but she thought there were people inside, you know, so, um, but... So I think two or three of the videos, all we see is a bright light. It looks just like the streetlights or the stars in the sky or whatever with the resolution that we have. And then a lot of the photos uh, we see are like a, an almost molten white, bright red looking either just a straight up sphere or it looks kind of like it's turning into like a craft or something, but very much not metallic It with lights on it. It looks like it's made of light. And so, uh, but then... This is all, this is kind of in like the, I don't know, the second, the like the middle hour of it, right after the Carlos thing. What he describes on the same night, this is where I was confused, but again, this is where we can start chalking things up to different people are witnessing variations of what it seems to be the same core phenomena. 
but their their minds are imprinting things or it's you know it's it's manifesting in slightly different ways to different people so because carlos clearly carlos and those two the 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 older couple that it was on their farm they're the ones that live in the white house or live (laughs) there at the time uh so it's, it was President Obama lived in the White House down there. But um, yeah, people don't realize that the White House is in Brazil, not in Washington, D.C. But yeah. um, his uh, birth certificate. Come on, let's see it. Let's see it. He's from <laughs> Brazil. Uh, they they both, Carlos and well, all three of them, Carlos and the married couple described what they saw. Even even there was a slight ref- a difference here, too. Technically, Carlos and this couple should have been seeing the same thing, Right. But, uh, they, the Carlos saw what looked like a cylindrical, you know, shaped thing. They both kind of saw what they cut described as a cigar shaped craft, but he saw it. And again, they're supposedly seeing this at the same time. He sees it like kind of slowly floating, you know, what he said, so like 400 meters above the sky in the, or a hundred meters above the ground or something like that slowly floating there was a huge portion of it that was ripped and smoking white smoke which shouldn't be for a fire that's some that's some chemical thing he said so it's ripped it's Taste clearly chemically. what's that yeah exactly. <laughs> it was clearly he says it's, it was clearly struggling to to maintain lift he said it made uh, he, he says, and he has a log in his hand to show. He's like, it made a 360 degree turn, which people always do that, but it's a 180 degree turn. Like, right, right, right. Also, you're 360's right. back in track. Exactly. But he was saying it turned like a, like a circle, right? It just turned on itself and then went back the other way, tried to lift up, and then clearly something happened because then it started like descending rapidly and crashed. And he said it just made like a poof sound or something. He didn't say there was an explosion or anything like that. But the 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 married couple they saw what seemed to be a very similar looking craft. They even both, both sets of people described it as a, a mini, a mini bus, like a school bus, mini bus kind of sized thing. I don't really want a mini, maybe that's just a shorter, like the short bus or something. I don't know, but yeah. um, still both described it as a white cylindrical object. Um, and, but what they saw a different flight pattern, they said that it started spinning so it almost looked like a circle, but then it stopped spinning and then flew away. So it's like, this could be just little losses in translation or whatever. Maybe that was the turn he was talking about, but they said it spun and spun and spun and then crashed. So it's a very different visual for that, right? Carlos says he goes over there and it's like the classic um, meta material kind of thing that, you know, the fucking to the stars Academy was hoping for. He like went and picked up, you know, a piece of metal from the, the, or supposed metal from the crash, the crash site because uh, he was like, oh, there's people inside there. I have to go help them, right? So he ran over there. And then the fucking military was like already there and shoot him or showed up and shoot him away. But uh, classic, he picked it up. It seemed as light as aluminum foil. Like like the kind of foil that you roast chickens with, he said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, yes, we know what aluminum foil is in America. But um, uh, he crumpled it in his hands. And then it, of course, let it go. And it sprung completely back to its shape, right? So this is that the classic meta material. We don't have alloys that are well, that light, but that strong and that flexible, right? That was, and what else is that almost to a T uh, describing? Uh, I don't know. So on the Bigfoot collectors club and various other reports with Roswell, that's one of the telltale signs or like one of the classic oh, yeah. stories is yes, at Roswell. Yeah. People are like, 
I ran around and I had this metal and we like crunched it up and right. did all this stuff. And as soon as you let it go, you roast Brazilian chicken with it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a tandoori chicken instead right. and it didn't like that too much. Uh, said it needed to get a little jerk in it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but it's the same thing, right? Where it's this like metal that you can like form, but right. as soon as you let go, it goes back to its original Memory form. metal. And sorry, when you were Which asking, is, I thought you were saying like, is there is it's like some other thing it reminds me of not no 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 it's my story yeah, yeah. yeah so um oh. but uh which is also then weird because like well then how did it crash and blow up or is it right <laughs> pressed to a point where it rips and then comes back i don't know i didn't but. even think of that uh, yeah like that's an excellent <laughs> question where it's like this seemingly indestructible metal how does it how does it rip it or tear without yeah i thought it was supposed <laughs> to be indestructible <laughs> right again unless some chemical reaction melts right. it or some something. other weird thing yeah we don't know about but right yeah, so it's the other goofy part so again it, it is impossible for me to believe that if this was a flesh and bolts craft and species it is impossible for me to believe that if it was a chemical uh reaction kind of like let's because uh, maybe their bodies like you were saying were reacting were oxidizing and selling like ammonia maybe their craft weren't set up to be in this type of oxygen nitrogen blend too right and it like melted or whatever right but if that was the case why wouldn't it all be melted but the point being if it was th that advanced of a race to get here right either they traveled that far or they had portal you know wormhole technology to skip over cross over from another dimension they would fucking know what it would be like on the other side. They, you know, they said they would have sent a probe, you know, right through that leather tube. Well, I think, I think that's where this is an accident, right? Like as advanced as someone is, there's still accidents that can happen. So I don't think this so, was an intentional landing. I feel like, you know, this is if Roswell's no, are real. Yeah. I feel like it's like, Oh shit, something went wrong. And now we're just crash landing or, you know, the systems went out, right? Classic, space movie we're now getting pulled into the gravitational pull of something else right yeah um, i definitely don't think it was like they were intentionally trying to show up no 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 um, i was i was well yeah that was my other point was like i said or we are led to believe then that this that these are less experienced advanced beings than we thought well and and advanced i i, I don't think experience right it's just you know shit happens when you're out you know exploring so true um it also <sighs> It's also one of those things, again, going back to kind of the the more psychically charged co-creation, like there is some consciousness there. But like when you when you read about all these paranormal stories where, you know, a quote unquote alien shows up, but takes the form of like a fucked up weird clown because it's talking to children like either that's alien tech that, again, they're not. They're not, uh, they're advanced, but they don't have the nuance that, you know, another whole planet's culture would have or another dimension's culture would have. So it's trying its best to form something non-threatening to a kid or whatever, right? But, like, there's all these encounters of ill-formed or malformed or, you know, there's like a, what do they call it, the uncanny valley kind of shit where it's like, that's not really what you are, right? Like people have, it's like it, you know, like, like, like the Stephen King's it, you know, it takes, but it can like take a perfect form of something where this is more like, this is where like, I liked, uh, I was really fascinated by Keel, his theory that this isn't necessarily an advanced race. If these are interdimensional beings that li basically live in a similar physical space, but on a different frequency, so we can't see them. 
just because they're that they're that doesn't mean they're necessarily way smarter than us. They would have a different understanding of reality because they don't exist on these lower, you know, uh, more dense frequencies. There's these incorporeal beings, but they're capable of forming down into those frequencies temporarily. Right. And, and, or, or permanently, right. Like he even, his, his theories get fucking wild where he's like, if this, if this intelligence, he'll call it, uh, whether, you know, that that's just on the other side of the dimensions from us. Right. If it's that, if it can form temporary things like Sasquatches and fucking, you know, shapeshifters and fucking clowns and like weird shit, you know, after he's, after he's shown you, you know, dozens and dozens of, of accounts and whatever, that's kind of how what he's, he's like, he's like, then I could, I could very easily imagine this, um, this intelligence being able to create more permanent life as well. Cause then he's also almost implying like, are we just the creation of this weird earth intelligence, right? This like Gaia intelligence. That's almost like an AI formulating things out of, uh, out of you know the molecules in that are just in the atoms that are in the air and whatever around us, uh, but that doesn't mean that it is necessarily highly advanced compared to us. Which it was like because like, that's always the assumption. It's like oh, whether they're interdimensionals or aliens, they got to be super advanced because they're getting here, right? But if you take that part of it out, and I'm not saying that's what I believe. If you take that part of it out, where they're just it's 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 another it's another version of earth just slotted on top of us right if there's fucking what 11 dimensions i guess that they say that there are 14 like it's still the same kind of space it's you know it's it's the upside down kind of shit you know except they're not they're not corporeal beings like the fucking mind flare well i guess the mind flare was like smoke or whatever the fuck he was but um anyway point being it it's an interesting theory it's an interesting framework to go oh kind of back to your point it's like if they're aliens then sure accidents can happen or interdimensional travels that you know something gets fucked up right or maybe they're just manifesting something but the manifest is like kind of a a c plus b minus manifestation and so it just kind of gets fucked up too you know when people are seeing it so um anyway that was a long diatribe but the other thing that we find out is inconsistent later is that the three-toed footprint that uh the mother of the girls saw and drew is inconsistent with the second alien that was captured because they keep showing drawings of the second alien whose body was um uh put into like the steel box and transferred by the military to the hospital to get x-rays in secret and then supposedly the u.s came and took it away or whatever uh that one is continually drawn with clearly two toes. So, and, and the guy keeps doing the Vulcan salute, like this, the fucking, like a V it's like a V, you know, like whatever. But, uh, uh, and I'm like, why do they keep, maybe it's just the artist. They keep drawing it. But then late, like very late in the documentary, the fucking guy says, no, it clearly had only two toes like a V. So if these, if this, if these two entities were from the same alien race, why would they have vastly different foot structures? You know, like, well, yeah, it could be where there was there a shoe involved or, you know, just in the heat of the moment, they're seeing something and it's world, right? Or something. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. 
or maybe their hand was three and that's actually a handprint, not a footprint. Right. Maybe he was, he was, um, he was only getting that. He's like, he's like, I looked at it, but then I was scared. So I looked away. Right. <laughs> it's know? like, it, that's where it just gets really tough again, unless you have like a cast of things. And, right. and this is why they also throw out eyewitness testimony at this point in, you know, trials. Cause your mind just kind of yeah. goes places and remembers things differently. Especially in a traumatic situation. Exactly. <laughs> in this like heightened state of like, what the fuck is happening? Um, yeah, I think two toes versus three toes, you know, maybe there's something there, maybe there's not, I don't know. But um, again, the fact that this person then touches it and dies. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, is crazy. And the fact that everyone remembers a distinct smell, it's like, those are things you can't right. really, you know, chalk up to bad memory. Exactly. And, and even to counter my own point of the differently shaped craft hey, maybe there was a group of these and there's a bigger ship and there's these kinds of, you know, our military has all very different models of space spacecraft too, right? So maybe well, it's just a fleet or something that was coming in and people saw different ones from- Even the- looking at a helicopter, or not helicopter, but like a plane, well, helicopter too, but a plane, <laughs> you know, flying overhead, you know, looks way different when it's at altitude above you versus below you versus driving right. under the freeway and you actually see it landing from behind. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Cause from below above, it's like, Oh, it's got two wide wings and a, a center part. But then when you're looking at it from behind as it's landing, it's like, Oh, it's got three wings in the back, two on the side, like right. some wheels, you know? So if everyone's getting a different perspective of the ship, yes, could also be why they're all describing it slightly different. Exactly. Yes. Um, and again, if, if it is technology, we have no clue. Maybe that glow, maybe that's just how they light around themselves and they're not using spotlights like we would, you know, like, like actual bulbs and whatever, you know? So, um, maybe that's, maybe when it glows, that's how it fucking moves around a certain way. Or, you know, maybe that, maybe the tube, if it wasn't broken and fucked up and smoking, maybe it would have been glowing too. You know, like, I don't know, maybe it's a cloaking thing or something. It could be a, just a disguise where it's like, we don't want them to see, the yeah, crap. so we I just mean, there's a million put our things, high yeah. beams on, you know, and, and you can blind everyone, not blind everyone, but you know what I mean. Uh, obscure, uh, you can't really see the car very well when the, the high beams are on, is my point. So, yeah, um, mm-mm-mm. oh, yeah, this is the fucking this is like the transport segment, like where it's all about the transporting of the body. Oh, that was another side point, too. Another very common thing is people suffering. From and we've seen it on uh, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch too, right? People suffering from illnesses and especially radiation style burns and illnesses. Right. You know, so this guy died of a what they, his wife was like. He ended up actually dying of a general infection, but what the cause of that general infection was, they could never pinpoint. You know, so because he was like sick for like two or three weeks and he fucking died, and he so. was only a sergeant, not a general. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, this is where they do the fucking whole hotel room fucking thing, uh, with the, uh, with the officer that was with the guy that captured with Marco, the, the gentleman that died, um, capturing the alien. It's also funny too, that <laughs> I guess then to counter my own point before the artist for this <laughs> documentary is terrible. And, uh, when they're showing they're drawn, the reenactments are just drawn still images and like they couldn't even be bothered to draw the military guys in uniform. Like they look like they just look like two dads at a barbecue catching a fucking alien that was running through the backyard right. or something, you know, with a blanket. But holy uh, shit, the the uh, the firemen 
who captured the other uh, entity, they are usually called, I guess, in that country for in that kind in Brazil for um, like wild animals and like you know, so they have nets and things like that. So they caught it with a net, and nobody really had a lot of skin on skin contact. So none of them had any of the the infection or illness afterwards. But um, excuse me, Jesus Christ. Anyway, the next segment was like kind of interesting which was the, we're getting towards the end where it was the intimidation segment. And basically it was a handful of men in black encounters, you know? So, uh, one of them seemed pretty normal. Um, Carlos D'Souza, like he, um, they just came over, told him to shut the fuck up. They intimidated him. It's like classic men in black stuff, but they did have a real car. He said it was an, it was an Opala, which is a brand that we don't really have in the U S. Um, he's like, but it didn't have a license plate, which was weird. Right. So, which Mm -hmm. is very much like, that's much more to me like government organization stuff. Right. Right. But, um, but the, the mom of two, the two girls and then not the mom of their third friend, but um, the mom of the two girls, she had an encounter where they came to her house, were kind of nice to her and offered her a briefcase full of money to never, to not go to the press about this. And she basically told them to fuck off, but then she followed them out. And again, she could have followed them out you know, two minutes later, then they walked out or something, but she followed them to, she saw them out of their, her, you know, go down the backyard basically. And she wanted to see what car they had. So it must've been, I mean, she's not an idiot. They must've been close enough in time that she would have seen them either walking down the street or unless they fucking had parkour skills and, you know, jumped over another fence or whatever. But, uh, basically she says these men came in, offered her money to say, stay quiet. They were in black suits. Uh, she said, absolutely not. Uh, my kids should go and you know tell the media about this. They leave. She follows them out, turns out of the kind of you know the alleyway um, where her gate is, and she said, "There's no people and no car." So the men in black that also disappear, and many times they've the eyewitnesses they like uh, Point Pleasant. People would literally see the car disappear, like phase out of existence, like went into a portal or something, right? So, yeah. um, so that was the only one that was kind of like some you know, injured cold kind of shit, but, uh, um, they, oh yeah. And then obviously stop me if I'm skipping over stuff, but then it kind of ends with, um, like the, the last ish segment is trying to talk to the superior officer to Marco who, uh, transferred the body. Right. So the guy in the hotel that the too small hotel room he was one of the guys that was in the x-ray room, um, like on the team that was transporting the, the the dead body. This guy was like the superior, the general of the group or something, Eric Lopez. And so, which they call it, they say Lopes in the... Uh, yeah, Lopes. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but they... James, yeah, he was like driving in the car with them, transporting the body, right? Exactly. Yes, he was like running the whole the whole deal, I guess. Or he was he was like their squadron leader, right? That was tasked with doing it. So, uh, they James is all fucking fired up. Oh my god, we're gonna go, we're gonna go see Eric Lopez, or we yeah, know the guy who knows this is him. Yeah, it's like yeah, he's like free, he's like starstruck. But it's like again, because we don't even know who you are, or that you've even been a journalist or ufologist for decades or whatever. How are we supposed to even give a shit when you are excited, which we shouldn't be seeing anyway because you're the fucking documentarian. But right. uh, they get there. There's a nice little pup uh, in the front of the yard who seems to uh, be cool with everyone coming in or coming onto the property. 
they like they have this guy with them that's like the son of another guy that was a witness or that was one of the doctors that uh you know fucking uh treated marco or whatever right so some weird fucking convoluted thing but he's there to kind of help them translate stuff too even though the porn star translator's there and thrillin is there they get to the property this is a very frustrating conversation because the translator porn star chick refused to tell james what the guy was saying yeah which was at least nine times get out of here or i'm going to shoot you <laughs> right 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 because well and again i think maybe they're like a fiery whatever so she's like no 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 he's just you know yeah i need to i need to battle back and if i stop to explain anything right he might actually do it or he'll just like scuttle back into his house so she exactly. was trying to i think just keep him on the line knowing this is important and that the dumb dickhead Fox can just wait because I was annoyed too. But I also think she was just like trying to be like, no, like we're in the moment. If I stop talking, this guy's going to do something weird. True. That's a good point. Uh, It just was like, I guess it was so frustrating seeing him like almost pacing back and forth and being like, wait, no, hold, hold on, hold on. Just, just tell him this, ask him this one thing, ask him this one thing. And then she would just, I guess what I just wanted her to be like, hold on James or like take charge a little bit. But she seems like a very like beta, like subservient, you know, she's well, in, she's into the but, bimbo fetish thing. But know? well, I think, but yeah, but she wasn't listening to him. Right. She right. was like, no, I am being, I need to be, uh, outfit up here to like keep this guy on the line. Cause if I, again, stop and say anything, it's just nothing's going to, Go anywhere, which is and, tough because they're speaking so fast. To and yeah, the whole time. It, so I feel like someone else should have been telling him what was happening because clearly there was other people there that spoke both languages. Right. Yes. That exactly. should have chimed in with the the translator as she was trying to do the talking. Someone else should have, as he's like stressing, like, no, 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 this is this is what's happening. Just shut the fuck up. Right. Like, just shut the fuck up. He's going to get a gun. So I guess that's what I was nervous about was like, will somebody just tell him to calm the fuck down that they're taking care of it? Because he I was scared he was going to be the thing that riled the guy up <laughs> to like pull right. a fucking, you know, which again, this up. is almost stuff you shouldn't show. Or maybe right. this is the one little spicy part you do show of him. Yes, to exactly. how real things are. But because, again, the guy wasn't going to go get a gun and wasn't going to do anything. But again, when you're in the moment. But he's trying to be like, I've, I've got my scoop. I'm so close. And then yeah. just gone. Yeah. And then he's frustrated because they're driving away. Like, he's like, what happened? Why Why did we? Why are we leaving? Blah, blah, blah. Wait, and that it's was like, actually him. That was him. Because like yeah, he didn't yeah. like it. At first, they were told by the doctor's son guy that it was like a friend of Eric Lopez that lived well, with him. He even right? said when they got there, he's like, uh, I, I'll tell him. And then they're like, that's him. Yeah. And they're exactly. like, he's like, wait, it's him. And he but he just said he's going to tell him later and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. It was kind of cool just in general that like Eric Lopez, I mean, not, not, I mean, his life seems to be kind of sad or whatever, but it's like, he's the classic, like cliche, the military movie where it's like the post Vietnam, like retired, you know, general or discharged general who's like PTSD. And now he's like an old fucking grizzled alcoholic, you know, that always keeps fucking four guns on him. And like, like that. Right. Cause he was, he was, it looked like he was like in the window with like a wife beater and then an open right. shirt. You know, like all fucking five o'clock shadow and just like, get out of here. Fuck off. Like, so right, like, right. Because he literally said, if this is about the E.T., I'm not going to talk about it. Right. But it is funny that he even said that if this is about the E.T. Right, right. So, right. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it, because then it's like uh, him talking to the the military guy back in the, the tiny hotel again. And um, 
uh, saying, you know, like, hey, I mean, you you hold my peace and, you know, kind of in your hands and my not anonymity and, uh, you know, so blah, blah, blah. And then the, the, the paragraphs that come up on the screen is like, you know, we, as much as we tried to get time with Eric Lopez, we couldn't. And then, but we're going to continue digging deeper into this and why the, why the Americans seemingly, uh, cause at the end he kept being like, wait, did he say American? Did he say American? And I was like, which just seems like a classic American guy going, Oh, I understand that. But, uh, this kind of weird, uh, not conspiracy theory, but I think that's what James is kind of like, like, Oh wait, all of a sudden there were American U S air force, uh, you know, jets with like guys in suits coming and like whatever. And, uh, they were unauthorized to even land in Brazil at the time. It was a very top secret, you know, fucking deal or whatever. And, uh, uh, so that it seems like he's trying to set up, like, we're going to continue our search will continue to find answers as to what happened in America with the fucking alien bodies or whatever. And so, uh, and then there are nine minutes of credits with eight, uh, or sorry, also nine cut in scenes. And cause I remember you were like, Oh, we're going to watch this, this documentary, uh, whenever that was a week or two ago. And it seems cool that guy Stanton Friedman's in it. <laughs> right. He is in it for 25 seconds <laughs> in a post credit scene. Like he throws it in. He, and it, well, and like in the where, intro and then out. Right. Right. Like this is where he, it seems like dad bullshit where he's like, oh yeah, I'll use a Stanton Friedman, a clip from Stan Friedman to justify that this was all, you know, that this is a good case to follow. Cause right. Stan Friedman is a nuclear physicist who also really wanted to start, um, uh, being accepting, kind of like Keel and Valet and all those people, not just calling people crazy who had had paranormal experiences. And so, but he also set up kind of like a, some little protocols for like what kind of makes a more believable case versus what doesn't, which is fine. That's cool. San Friedman's an interesting guy, but he literally was like, yeah, this is a good case because there were so many, so many witnesses from so many walks of life and kind of all happening in the same day, but they weren't by, you know, they were on the other side of the town or out in a farm or whatever. And I'm like, great like great job james for getting a clip of of stanton that we don't even really know is for your documentary or if you just bought the license rights to that clip when they were because this is a pretty well-known case so it's like he could have just bought the rights for that i don't know if stanton actually did anything with this document because stan friedman's also dead right as of like uh, i don't know about that i think so because i think uh, i heard sprague being like oh yeah rest in peace he was one of my favorites but i'll have to check but uh uh there's these all these dumb credit scenes which introduce Died more military. Yeah, there you go. So it's like the the credit the post credit scene introduce three or four new faces to the documentary, and they're like a minute long interview with them. I'm like, why didn't you just fucking edit it in to the fucking doc? Like, I don't, like, I don't get it. Like, doc. I don't know, doc. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then the whole fucking thing ends with uh it cuts back to interview kind of from the middle with the really old guy mm-hmm. and who oh, it was it was the x-ray doctor who had said the ammonia sulfur smell didn't come out of the fucking hospital room for like four days even after disinfecting right. it and like all this stuff and uh and so it just cuts back to james going hey uh hey doc would that smell make a good perfume <laughs> and he like 
loses his mind laughing his ass off at his own fucking joke (laughs) right the other guy is laughing too to be fair but like they the the camera holds on them laughing for 27 seconds (laughs) like what the fuck it's like yeah i couldn't i I literally just wrote fuck you at the end of my notes i was like you gotta (laughs) that smelled like a good perfume (laughs) like oh we're also adding some levity or whatever yeah but uh yeah, this was again. I I wouldn't be so harsh My on this. Nose could be gushing blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be so harsh if this was like you said, like a, uh, you know, the cl- like a forty three minute, you know, hour long with commercials, you know, documentary or something, right? But, right. um, but it wasn't. It was an hour and forty seven minutes long, and, yeah. uh, and like I said, like it it made me. It just it, it was probably the most like repetitive documentary i've ever watched where it was like right. just like okay we're here now we do this and then it's this kind of interview and then we go to the behind the scene you know we set up the interview we complain about something we fix the problem and we just get to the again like every every segment could have had like eight or nine minutes cut out of it you know and it would have mm-hmm. been a tighter hour-long thing but um but uh, i wish i fucking wish imdb i could see it i'm gonna pu- actually you know what i'm gonna pull it up on desktop and see but uh it was frustrating because I know like we literally were talking about like, oh, this is oh, yeah, this is like a another documentary by this person that we've like covered before. Um, moment of contact. And and what I love is that on IMDb and on YouTube, the trailer for this is the, the thumbnail is Stanton Friedman, who is in it right. for less than a minute. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which is like that's where I'm like this. I know obviously James Fox really does is passionate about this and that's cool, but it also seems like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to juice it up so that it will actually fucking people will actually like watch it and I'll make money. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it just, it seems like it's not a cash grab is not the right word, but it seems like exploitative or something weird, but well, just that they know, Oh, it's got to make money. And then that can fund the other things. And again, it's the, um, what's his face house the uh david owen house david owen yeah, yeah like i believe in this but, but i gotta kind of sell it and, and hype it up and then i can make some money and then but that'll fund other stuff for it right yeah exactly <laughs> uh see and this isn't this isn't what we were looking at again i think it's the production company but i can't even fucking find the production company james fox is known for pretty slick in 2016 ufos 50 years of denial in 1997 and moment of contact so he has made three things and two of those things are 20 years apart, which is very strange. Yeah. Uh, oh, weird. English born and American raised. Huh. Hmm. Uh, and yet there's literally no fucking info on here. What's pretty slick? Uh, pretty slick visits locals across four Gulf states documenting the largest man-made environmental disaster in U.S. history. Director Fox inst- uh, investigates... The cleanup effort and conducts his own independent water test to determine toxicity levels. The results show that public safety takes a backseat to a tourist-based economy and the symbiosis between uh, big oil and big government becomes clear. So he thinks so then he thinks he's like a gotcha journalist or something. Like, but again, he hasn't done anything else. So I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I'll I'll look at a wiki or something if I feel like it. But um yeah, I don't know. Like, th- so, so far, this is you have to rent it or buy it. I didn't see it streaming, like included with a streaming platform anywhere. Yeah, because uh, 
the it's the typical whatever 399 but um i don't know i would honestly just go and i'm i think like i i think somewhere in the skies or i guarantee there are multiple paranormal or ufo podcasts that have covered this story and it will be probably tighter and more interesting than this documentary made it out to be. Yeah. Which is a shame because it's a pretty cool, like you said, it's known as the the Roswell of Brazil. So um in modern day times too, right? Exactly. Like 96. Yeah. So Yep. Um three years after Jurassic Park, because that's all I ever think. Every everything is uh uh is this before ninety three or after ninety three? Because it's yeah, before JP, BJP. Right. <laughs> AJP. I mean, you should pee after a BJ just to get the. C. You don't want to get any inflamed common urethra, but um, and for girls, you know, causes UTIs sometimes. So they don't they don't piss it out, but uh, uh, no, it's it's crazy to like when you see some movies that are like, oh, it was made in like ninety four ninety five, but like the special effects are they look like they're ten years behind Jurassic Park, you know, like right, right. It's like amazing that, that shit like that. There was that time period where you know, shit was still looking worse from a movie like five years before or something. But, um, my voice is giving up. I'm dry. Um, anyway, uh, I can't really recommend this to watch it. Uh, our episode here is a little tighter at least by 27 minutes. So listen to this instead, cause you're already paying for it. So <laughs> at um, the end, <laughs> but uh, would you recommend this or would you recommend they go? Uh, I mean, if someone wanted something fun to check out, like a Bobandy or someone, I would say, you know, throw four dollars at it and let let us know your thoughts um true yeah again, i think there's enough like with the interviews and things that it's interesting i know that's long and whatever but um yes. i thought it was fun enough that again if you don't mind again chucking a few bucks at it go for it but i wouldn't say it's a must see or, or you know worth paying twenty dollars for or something if you're already a fan of ours and if you're listening to this then you are then uh sometimes that can be fun to be like, Oh, now I want like there's action boys movies, you know, action boys is a Patreon only podcast. There's action boys movies where sometimes I won't watch them, but then once I listen to the episode, I go, well now I want to watch it. And then I have a good time watching it. Cause I have their feedback like, on it and different jokes about it and stuff too, you know? Yeah. So, but, uh, anyway, well, cool. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, do this. Let's, uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks very much for your support, as always. We love you, and we'll have adventures go for you in just just a few short days' time. Because I might not post this for like four days. So, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. other than that, we love you. Thank you for support. Thank you for thank you for support. Bye. <laughs> See. Bye. <laughs>